are worlds between our own, and from these worlds, there are written histories, both ancient and modern. To read of these testaments, scrawled in hidden places, and on other things, you must fix your eyes uncomfortably within you, and if successful, your gaze will unlock the door behind raw imagination and meet the manuscript of innumerable folios known as the Dark presents a fragment of the dark verse entitled The Unlike Light, a story by M. Amanuensis Sharkchild, read by Vossifer, The Unreasoned Voice, music and soundscapes by The Ravener. Spawn into its most sinister incarnate. 
much preferred the first floor, the pure, thick blackness of the first floor. Nothing but the blindness of pitch darkness could lull my worries away. Sight was not meant for the keep, and souls were not meant for the keep. Light should have never been the guardian of good. It made the hope of salvation a bleak afterthought tucked away in the pockets of my mind, only to surface accidentally in the curious dreams of my shallow sleep. Even the pale hue of dreams caused me to tremble, their luminous qualities poisonous. It was most assuredly not fate which brought the group of us to the keep. There was some unknown hand that wielded upon us, orchestrating an iniquitous course to become our own. I was but sleeping soundly in my own bed, next to my wife, when the thieves of witchery awoke me with their ugly force, driving me into a box like a cadaver and beating my head until I went limp. My wife did not scream. She did not even wake. I was an ordinary man with a dearly loved family. They could not have taken me with crueler timing. My improperly healed fists prove it. When we initially explored the floors below the first, we were ecstatic to find a growing light and rooms filled with thousands and thousands of books, all of them ancient texts. Although we stopped periodically, nothing hindered our gnawing hunger for the glow of golden light. Not even the clattering of claws brought hesitation to our pace. It was only when we saw the first of the things that we stopped in our tracks midway down the third staircase. The unlucky one of our group who tripped and fell down the stairs gave half of us the time we needed to escape. The rest were overtaken by the creatures of the light. I dare not describe them, for even the words might beckon them to where sight meets imagination. The popping of lungs as those left behind screamed was enough to boil skin and send tongues to the back of throats. We spent the next few weeks huddled tightly in our quarters while the disease of insanity spread amongst us. There were not many of us who could maintain keen awareness. As the scraping from the creatures of the light echoed eternally beneath us, beating our hearts with the force of intrepid grotesqueness, visions of uncanny terrors overwhelmed our thoughts. Some of us moaned out into the dark, crying absurdities in monstrous fright. There was no interpersonal comfort left. Each of us was left to cope using what meager, emotional resources we had. I was one of the wishers, the optimists. I let the distant prayers I knew my wife and children made stagger me against the temptation of death. There were only a few of us who held strong enough longings, and it was we who lived on and on beneath the blanket of darkness, feeling our way to food and eating it without the commission of the stove for fear of unwanted attention. We knew ourselves to be safe in the dark since the creatures of the light never advanced upon the first floor. The closest they came was between the third and second floors, struggling to come upon us with all of their might. It was not the lack of bravery that hindered their advance, but sheer pain. When they encroached upon our darkness, we heard their distinct, muffled squeals of unrest. It was a sound most similar to a wheeze caused by lungs gasping desperately for air. By the time I gathered all the courage I would ever have to find a way out of the keep, only three of us remained. The girl never spoke, but I could always hear her steady breathing coming from beneath her bunk. I brought food to her whenever I ate, 
and the Indian, the religious man, kept me company during the most troublesome of times. It was the three of us for many months. Everyone else had either succumbed to the creatures, or to kitchen knives, or to nooses and suffocation. Those who perished within the first floor were buried beneath books on the second floor. It was not enough to keep away the scent of decay, but it was enough to pay them reverence. When I had devised my plan for fleeing the keep, I told the Indian of it, but he thought of it only as foolishness. He wished me luck, but could not muster the sanity to join me in my demented quest. I let him be, and tried little more to dissuade him from his decision. It was for the better that he stayed, I later decided. Someone had to take care of the girl. When I said goodbye and began my descent to the third floor, I heard the Indian mumbling chants of protection. His ways were not of my beliefs, but I felt better in knowing he cared about me. I even felt stronger and more confident. He was a good man, and I knew his soul would be saved. My steps down the second staircase were cautious. I carried with me water, a knife, matches, and six smoke candles attached to my belt, crafted meticulously during weeks of work with wood ashes, excrement, sugar, and the knowledge of the Indian. I painfully used the stove for my purpose, beckoning the creatures of the light to a horrible proximity, their wheezing searing every nerve end in my body. When the final step of the staircase had been left behind, I took a deep, trying breath through the bandana tied over my nose and mouth. I was now in their territory. I darted quickly through the level, finding no opposition. The creatures were not expecting me and were spread amongst the lower floors. Against the stealth of my movements, my heart raced with a ferocity I had never known, each beat causing my eyes to pulse from their vigilant gaze. Sweat flowed repugnantly from my pores, and my clothes quickly became damp. I skulked without challenge through the third and fourth floors. Dreadfully, and under the torrential admonitions from my fear-laced mind, I arrived at the furthest point in the keep any civilian had attained, alive. The golden light began to corrupt my flesh, tinging it with the nasty filth of the nether. There were no shadows left now, so in reflex I quickly pressed myself against the nearest wall. Soft clanking from further ahead alerted me to the demon presences. I unlatched one of the smoke candles to ready myself. The other five candles hung from my belt, ready for when they, too, would be needed. I closed my eyes for a moment and prayed desperately to God, asking him for all of his attention, all of his protection, and all of his love. This was the beginning of my exodus. The strike of my match awoke the creatures. At first I did not see them, but I could sense the pausing movements and the changes of direction. I lit the smoke candle and it erupted into a volcanic fountain of life. After an initial skeptical step, I lunged forward with all of my might and all of my speed into the light to frantically search for the next stairway, the fifth. Smoke poured about me as I went, curling like blooming flowers at my feet. It would have been suicide to have attempted this without a trial of the smoke against the creatures. So weeks earlier, when the first of the seven candles had been completed, I used it against them. It was not an easy test to execute, and I lost many hours of sleep to the fear of how it could all go horribly wrong, but it worked more wonderfully than ever I could have imagined. 
When the smoke came to life, the creatures of the light shrank away as if it were creeping death. With part of my plan validated, I dashed like a madman through the corridors of the fifth floor, bringing with me the darkness that was my shield. The creatures of the light hissed their ghastly wheezes as I passed, following me closer than I had expected. Their spectral limbs reached for my flesh, and they chanted diabolical mumblings that warped my strength and mind. Panic encroached upon me like the emphatic lightning of a storm, pinning me against the pinnacle of dread. The fifth floor was much larger than I had hoped, but I eventually found the staircase. I stopped atop the stairs and placed the lit smoke candle on the ground before it exhausted, allowing me to unlatch another and light it. The creatures of the light circled around me, but angrily seethed from my path when I thrust aloft the next smoke candle and continued my descent. Light poured about me as I entered the sixth floor, its source still an unfathomed mystery. What opened before me was remarkable, though I could spare no moment in which to pause and observe its masterfulness. What I did see was looming pillars supporting a great hall, balconies overlooking grand atria, and even perfectly placed vegetation. The creatures of the light swarmed upon me from all directions. There were more of them than I could count. Still they wheezed and still they murmured their wicked incantations of odium, a chorus of agonizing dementia. There were now staircases within the floor leading in all directions, leading down and up and around the keep's hall. I made quick decisions and ran wherever I felt down would be the overall victor. So many of the creatures had come upon me by this point that they squirmed and pushed each other about in unsettling actions. They fell from balconies and jumped on top of each other, desiring viciously for the smoke to cease its flow. Shrouded by the emissions of my fourth smoke candle, I finally found the way out of the sixth floor, but at this rate I was soon to be horribly devoured. The sixth staircase was immensely long and frightfully steep, calling for a drastically slower pace than I would have liked. It was on this staircase that the creatures began shoving those of their kind closest to me into the sanctity of the smoke and my precious space. Several of them fell down the stairs, emitting howls of disgust as they tumbled, while others actually fell into me, lashing and writhing amongst the smoke in my flesh. I lost my focus along with my footing and fell myself. I fell but a small distance. It was, however, enough to bring about my death if my grip on the smoke candle faltered. I hastily scrambled to my feet, standing with a dislocated shoulder and a hand of ghastly white wrapped so firmly about the candle that the joints felt sure to snap under further stress. I was on the keep's seventh floor. The unlike light was indescribable. It was brighter than any sun and thicker than air. When I came into it, I felt it rush through my clothes and plaster against my skin. I felt it pierce my eyes and pour down my throat. It took hold of me in the way the mother's womb protects and encapsulates a growing embryo. But it was not warm. It was cool and vacant, and it probed me, searching for things not even the soul knows how to find. Wrongness swelled within me in contaminating gestures of violation. The creatures of the light began to mold with the light, scrounging all around me above and below as if in water, mumbling continuously their awful words. They flowed in and out of the light, like they were a part of it, like they were all one. 
I recall my fear then as being more heavily manifested than helplessness beneath the unruly tools of torture, and, increasing the frailty of my situation, the smoke candle clenched so tightly in my fist had run its course and was on its last breath. I was at the watershed of my journey. There was no longer any choice needed in my continuation. There was no turning back. And so, with conviction, I justified my actions and embraced what I expected to be my last actions in this life. I lit both my remaining candles. Their fresh smoke spewed over me in thick, putrid beauty. With the scrap of what life I had left, I ran wildly into the heart of the unheavenly light over ground that was not solid, but a shifting tumult of sand. My feet sank with each step, draining what little energy I had left. Now desperate, the creatures of the light were chaotic in their approaches, scratching at my hands in a merciless attempt to make me drop the darkness, but catching only my arms in heaps of cloth and flesh. I did not feel the pain, I only felt the light swirling in my veins, scouring my body to its incorporeal depth. The onslaught of the creatures continued, and a transparency began to flourish within me beneath the light's reaping grip. I closed my eyes and saw through my eyelids as if they were not there, and my aching muscles began to melt away from the consistency of definition. I was feeding into the light, becoming it. I wanted nothing more than to swallow the smoke in my hands and let it scrape the insides of my tissues, consuming the infectious illumination along its path. Instead, I was drowning as a primordial evil dragged me down into a pool of lurid nightmares. From that point on, I only remember falling through the light as the words muttered by the unholy creatures infested my ears. Their syllables became a sadistic sludge of comprehension as my ears grew cruelly attuned to their speech. Inside is ours forever on, look not to free your presence. With ties of white we choke your life, tighter as the moon smiles your misery. Wider as the blood flows freely, we make anew in you what once was lost. I fell into unconsciousness, smiling as I drifted into blackness. I was found covered in soot, in a coffin resting in the basement of an estranged colt's mansion, wrapped like a mummy in white linen. Through no means understandable, I had been preserved and kept alive through many months in what was recorded as a coma. Twenty-nine other coffins were found, but everyone else was dead. Two of those coffins were empty, and among the dead they found no girl or Indian. When I opened my eyes upon being rescued from the coffin, I saw nothing, sweet, empty, pitch-black darkness. Although my fists were mangled and my shoulder dislocated, relief poured down my spine. Darkness is what should be expected when one is blind. I much prefer the darkness. <laughs>